Jenny mopped off her forehead and stared into the cauldron, where a thick gray mixture simmered and foamed. The full moon would rise tonight, and, in several minutes, she would administer the last of the wolfsbane potion to Remus. Haven't killed him yet, she thought grimly, praying that this remaining dose would be as harmless as the others had been. Of course, just because the potion was harmless didn't mean that it was going to work. It was entirely possible that the potion was useless as well. But she was trying hard not to think about that. Carefully, very carefully, she leaned over the cauldron and inserted a stirring rod, which had been specially treated with a charm so that it wouldn't cause any chemical interference. She stirred in wide, counterclockwise circles, once, twice, three times. Remove rod, she muttered to herself, pulling it out and wiping it on her robes. Wait for bubbling to begin. In seconds, large, wart-like bubbles surfaced in the cauldron and began to pop, splashing her skin. Jenny quickly daubed the potion from her face and arms and continued muttering. Bubbles will settle within three minutes' time, and a foam will rise. She watched it happen, her heart pounding. It was strange, the way it seemed to be working. She'd never been above average in potions class, and she'd never been so invested in the outcome of a bunch of ingredients. Hermione had helped her all week, hovering over her shoulder and offering advice on the proper methods of skinning needleberries and measuring shredded flesh. Of course, this was after she'd gotten over the shock of what Jinny was proposing to try. Her face, when Jinny had confessed her intentions, had been priceless. Hermione had looked positively terrified, yet her eyes had lit with the thrill of a new academic challenge. She'd put herself to work immediately, boiling the sheep's brain for Jinny, who had admitted she didn't know how. When the foam rises, allow it to settle for precisely ninety seconds. Then dip a three-quarter size pure silver ladle into the potion, empty contents into goblet, and serve dose to the werewolf in question. Ron had got her the ladle. He'd stared at her as though she'd gone mad, of course, when she'd explained what she was doing in the study on the first day. He'd told her not to do it, said that she was going to get herself into a lot of trouble, trying something this dangerous. But when Hermione had run into the study in a panic to report that they were going to need the ladle in less than an hour, and Remus didn't keep any silver potions tools in the house, it had been Ron who'd sprinted down to the apothecary. He'd spent half his paycheck securing just the right one, then sprinted back and presented it to Jinny with a dubious look on his face and a skeptical shake of his head. She hadn't minded. She knew he had faith in her, or he wouldn't have bothered going out of his way. Jinny checked her watch. Eighty-eight? Eighty-nine? She poised the ladle, waited a beat, then dipped it into the cauldron with confidence and withdrew a level dose of Wolfsbane potion. Quickly she emptied it into Remus's goblet and observed. Steam will rise, she said to herself. She had memorized every step of this process. It had become almost natural. It should smell slightly of rot. And it does, said a warm voice at her back. Harry. She'd forgotten it was Saturday and he wasn't at practice. Jinny turned around, goblet in hand, to see him looking at her with open admiration. It was the way he'd been looking at her all week. She still couldn't handle it. Would you mind letting Remus know it's done? She asked him quickly. I think he's in the garden, and I want him to take it right away. But I don't want to leave it alone just to be safe. Sure, he smiled, making Jinny's heart kick, 
before he left the study. Harry had been rather at her service these past two weeks. He'd managed to get in touch with Bill, yet not give away her secret. He had refused to let her pay him back for the things that had been delivered. He'd checked in with her first thing after every Quidditch practice, and he'd actually sat with her in the study last night when she'd been unwilling to leave the cauldron and visit the pub with the rest of them. He'd even let her vent her fears a little. He hadn't answered, just listened, and she had found herself telling him things she never imagined telling Harry. Things about being the youngest and being treated like a child. Things about wanting to be trusted, yet knowing that if the potion failed, she would lose everyone's trust. Harry hadn't laughed once. What are you going to do with that? Ginny turned to the door so fast she nearly spilled the potion. Sirius stood in the doorway, all in black, mercilessly watching her every move. He looked at the precarious contents of the goblet and snorted softly with contempt. I'm waiting for Remus, she answered shortly, putting the goblet carefully on the desk and moving away from it. She wasn't about to let Sirius ruin everything at the last minute. He hasn't taken it? Sirius crossed his arms and fixed his eyes meaningfully on the clock in the corner of the room. Ginny stiffened. Harry is getting him, she said loftily, and I think you're aware he can take the dose at any time up until three o'clock. But perhaps you think it'll take him two hours to travel inside from the garden? Sirius looked at her coldly. What a time for jokes. I can see just how seriously you're taking this. Ginny wanted to retort, but there was nothing to say. He was wrong, and he knew it. She had dedicated herself completely to the success of this potion. She had treated it with all the gravity it deserved, while Sirius had done nothing but needle and provoke her. She'd slept in the study. She'd eaten in the study. She was probably making herself sick, but Sirius didn't care. And Ginny understood that his depreciating treatment of her was motivated by a desperate concern for his best friend, but she hated it and refused to accept it. Anything else to say? she asked briskly, turning back to her cauldron and polishing off her ladle, taking care not to knock the goblet. She heard Sirius enter the room, and the sound of squeaking leather told her that he had taken a seat. Several things. I'll say them to you both. Fine. Ginny put the ladle down and began polishing the stirring rod. She lay it down beside the other tools, then moved to put out the fire beneath the still-simmering potion. "'And you're just going to leave that ladle out when he comes in?' asked Sirius, condescendingly. "'It isn't going to hurt him. It's not going anywhere near him, and it's used with this potion for a very specific reason, Sirius,' Ginny snapped, turning around. "'You know that. Silver to werewolves.' I am quite familiar with the details of lysanthropy, he said pointedly, his eyes very unfriendly. Yes, that's certainly true. Remus stood in the doorway with Harry just behind him. His voice was even and his face quite neutral as he looked from Sirius to Ginny. Ready? he said to her. She nodded, grateful that at least one adult in her life had some measure of trust in her. Remus had never appeared nervous about this experiment for a moment, and that held true now as he stepped up and took the goblet in his hands. He smelled the steam and made a face. Well, if smell is anything to go by, Ginny, then this is going to work out just fine. He drank the entire contents of the goblet as quickly as he could, with his face screwed up in disgust. Tastes perfect, too, he said hoarsely, putting the cup down gently on the desk and smiling at Ginny. 
He dug a peppermint imp out of his pocket and quickly put it in his mouth. And that ends the worst bit of it for another month. Sirius swore, very quietly, under his breath. Remus faced him. I'm not worried, he said quietly. At this point, there's no use in being worried. It either works or it doesn't. I think it will. Jenny felt a rush of gratitude toward her teacher and could hardly hold herself back from hugging him right there on the spot. Sirius ignored him. I have a little something for you, he said ominously, then reached into his robes and pulled out a flattened roll of parchment, which he thrust at Remus. Remus unrolled and read the parchment. His hands began to shake immediately, and Jenny moved toward him, curious and afraid. What is it? she asked, reaching out for it. Remus shook his head but put it in her hands at once, and she read the scroll for herself. I, Remus Lupin, hereby declare myself solely responsible for any physical or financial damage that should occur as a result of imbibing an amateur wolfsbane potion. Virginia Weasley bears no responsibility for this potion's failure to sedate me during the hours of the full moon. I will answer to any crimes I have committed as a werewolf when I have fully returned to my human state. Furthermore, Virginia Weasley bears no responsibility for my own life should this potion prove to contain a fatal overdose of wolfsbane or any other ingredient. Virginia Weasley is also hereby absolved of responsibility should I take my own life during the hours of the full moon. I enter into this contract willingly and have been informed of all possible after-effects. I am aware that this is an illegal action and I will bear all consequences accordingly. Signed. And dated. Ginny let go of the scroll with one hand and it rolled up loosely on its own. She was suddenly so afraid that she could hardly see straight, but she turned to Remus and found her voice. You can't sign this, she said weakly. Don't sign this. I don't want you hurt, Sirius interrupted, his voice hard, endangered, involved in an illegal activity. It's a little late to think of these things. He has to sign that contract. Your brother is concerned about you, and I think we owe your family a measure of protection for you, since we are acting as your guardians. My brother? Jenny looked at Sirius, confused. Ron told you to do this? She couldn't believe it. He'd seemed so supportive. Here, let me see. Harry had stayed very quiet, but now he was right beside her, tugging the scroll out of her hand. Your brother Bill, Sirius replied who very barely consented to allow this to continue without informing your parents. Ginny blanched and looked at Harry, who was frowning gravely at the contract. But you... Harry, I thought you didn't tell Bill what the ingredients were for. He met her eyes at once. Of course I didn't, he answered simply. I did. Sirius stood up and addressed Remus, who was staring at him incredulously. After a meeting at the ministry the other day, Bill mentioned that Harry had asked him to send some interesting ingredients here from Nocturne Alley. And you thought it was wise, Remus said faintly, to tell him what they were for? No less wise than sending for the ingredients in the first place. Sirius gave Harry a piercing look and returned his gaze to Remus. He was concerned about Ginny's liability, not surprisingly. I was concerned about your health. I told him to give me a chance to talk you out of it before he involved the Weasleys, of course, that didn't work. You went and told on me to Bill? Ginny fumed, unable to believe what she was hearing. 
Sirius, did it ever occur to you that I'm 17 and of age and willing to take responsibility for myself? Sirius ignored her and spoke to Remus. Go ahead and sign it. I think you know it's necessary. Remus still looked shocked, but he held out his hand to take the parchment from Harry and walked to his desk. Don't put your name on that, Jenny said earnestly, following him and putting her hand over the ink bottle. I'd rather be the one in trouble. This was my idea. Remus looked at her and shook his head. It's my risk, he said, and then he had to clear his throat and start again because his voice was so dry that the words hadn't quite come out. This is my risk, he repeated. I'm glad someone thought of this, actually, though I very much doubt that it will be necessary. He gently took her hand from the ink bottle and dipped his quill, then signed the contract with a neat, firm hand. When the ink had dried, he rolled up the parchment and handed it to Jenny. You keep this in case of an emergency. Remus's tone was very normal, very controlled but Jenny felt a very tense and palpable heat coming from his body as he stepped around the desk and crossed to the door, motioning for Sirius to follow him. I'm going to make tea, he said curtly. Why don't you join me? It wasn't a question, and Remus didn't stay to hear the answer. After shooting another hostile look at Jenny, Sirius left the room as well. Jenny wanted to curl up in the armchair and cry. Better yet, she wanted to throw something, this potion had caused far more anger and pain than she'd anticipated, and the moon hadn't even risen yet. If anything went wrong, she couldn't bear to think about it. Swiping at her eyes with one hand, she pulled her wand with the other and began furiously to clean up after herself. The cauldron spun out of the fireplace and clanked to the floor at her feet. She dried up the remainder of its contents and summoned her tools, letting them fall with a bang into the iron belly where there had just been Wolfsbane Potion, or what she'd hoped had been Wolfsbane Potion, she didn't know. Want help? Ginny jumped. She had honestly forgot that Harry was there. He stood by the desk, looking grave and worried. Yes, she answered honestly, but, but it's nothing you can help with. Why? What is it? Harry said, glancing at the cauldron as if it wouldn't be all that difficult to float the thing upstairs. It's the potion. I shouldn't have done it. I want Remus to be all right, and I don't want Sirius to hate me. The words tumbled out of Ginny before she could stop them, and she felt herself begin to cry. She gritted her teeth against the tears, but they got through anyway, and she rubbed them fiercely from her face, hating herself for being such a baby. Harry watched her edgily, seeming a bit panicked. Sirius doesn't hate you, he finally said. Ginny laughed, and it sounded more like crying. Oh, right. That's why he's stalked me all over the house, given me horrible looks, and told my brother what I'm doing. She shook her head. Maybe he's just worried about Remus, but so am I, and he thinks I'm irresponsible and careless. Damn it. She put down her wand and put both hands over her face, wishing she had a tissue. The truth was that, aside from her fears about Remus, it was unbelievably painful to know how poorly Sirius thought of her right now. His opinion mattered to her very much. He headed the Order of the Phoenix, he was one of her father's trusted friends, and he was Harry's godfather. He doesn't hate you, Harry repeated, but this time his voice was very close. Jenny looked through her fingers and found herself eye to eye with him. He held out something white. What's this? she sniffled, taking it quickly and blinking in surprise. 
You carry a handkerchief? she asked, hiding a smile at the old-fashioned gesture. Not really. Harry reddened slightly. I was carrying it around because I ripped my ankle up yesterday. Bad landing. Figured I should have something on me in case it started bleeding again. Don't worry. I didn't use it yet, he said quickly. Ginny wiped her eyes and then turned away and blew her nose a little. I wasn't worried, she managed, putting the handkerchief in her pocket to wash. Thank you, Harry. She turned around again. He was still right there, looking strangely awkward. You're welcome, he said, then tentatively reached up his hand and briefly touched the side of her face. Whether he was wiping away a stray tear or merely touching her, Jenny didn't know. She stared at him, feeling his fingertips move slightly, then leave her skin. She wished they wouldn't. She had an urge to lean forward and keep them there. Being touched like that by Harry, even briefly, left her with an empty, wanting feeling. "'It'll work,' he said simply, pushing up his glasses with the hand he'd just used to touch her. "'I'm going to go and practice on my own, but I'll be back before the moon comes up. Will you be okay?' Jinny nodded wordlessly and watched him go, her stomach clenching like a cold metal fist at the mention of moonrise. It was nearly two o'clock. Moonrise wouldn't happen for hours. There was a tightness in her chest that she couldn't escape, and now that Harry was gone, she suddenly registered the sounds of very angry male voices coming from the direction of the kitchen. Not wanting to hear Sirius and Remus fight about the same thing all over again, Jenny quickly floated her cauldron upstairs and shut her bedroom door. She sent the cauldron into its corner with a loud bang. Hermione, who was lying on her bed reading, sat up. I heard fighting, she said gently. Jinny didn't answer. She leaned back against the door, not sure where to go, positive she would cry again if she opened her mouth, or else throw up from nerves. She pressed her lips together and felt her forehead wrinkle up and her eyes squeeze shut. She was going to sob at any second. If it doesn't work, was all she managed. In an instant, Hermione was hugging her and saying soothing things, and Ginny allowed herself to be guided back to bed for a while. After all, there was nowhere she had to be, and no potion she had to brew. There was nothing to do now but wait.